Hi, my name is Eric. And I'm Shalila. And this is Are You Still Watching? A podcast about movies and their place in our culture. Shalila, it's safe to say that we are everywhere. Is that true? So true. Like a viral hit. We are, we are, uh, not only are we in multiple countries, seven from my memory of our Spotify map, but we are on every single uh, podcasting platform that you can imagine. So if you listen to our show, or this is your first time, congratulations, I guess you found one of those platforms. Uh, <laughs> but if your friends listen to other ones, just let them know that we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and what's my fake one for today? Audible. We're on, that's, oh, that sounds too correct. That, that sounds too like it could true. be true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't We're think all your smart devices. I think they only do ebooks? I don't know. Anyway, uh the point is we're everywhere. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash AYSW. If you feel like supporting our podcast and helping us continue to do it as we deliver you uh literally hundreds of hours. I don't know how many, but literally hundreds, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh of content. And uh yeah, we do good stuff. Uh sometimes. <laughs> other times uh it's even better stuff that was an old that was the old switcheroo uh so if you feel like supporting us go to patreon.com slash aysw and share with your friends and we would love for you to uh to to connect with us we're also on twitter twitter.com slash aysw pod so please do that we learn to plug things at the beginning of the podcast they say life is a learning curve yeah, and we make sure that learning curve is shared with you, our audience. <laughs> we don't do it offline. We only do it here. So the reason that you might want to support us is because we do really deep and nuanced conversations about film. Like, we really only pay attention to the most artistic, the most, you know, uh, sort of like advancing of human culture film. So today... We're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, <laughs> uh, specifically the Snyder Cut, which I hope that most of you don't know what is. I think that's what I hope most for people is that they just don't know. Like if I were to say to anyone on the street, do you know about like The Last Jedi mm. and how it relates to Twitter? Do you know about Snyder Cut? Um and yeah you know just kind of like take the oh and um what were your thoughts on ghostbusters 2016 (laughs) like Mm, i just want to know like i I hope that most people avoid all of it no that sounds like bliss right yeah yeah so today we're talking about the snyder cut which is the name for Zack snyder's justice league which just premiered on hbo max and maybe theaters did it go to theaters anywhere i don't i don't think that's true i think i I don't know I think it's just HBO Max. So it hit HBO Max like what, two weeks ago now, maybe? Um, I don't quite remember at this point. Yeah, something like that. But it is, it is, uh, Shalila's gonna kind of give us like a rundown of like what it is. But for, for just general context, we're talking about a movie that technically came out in the year 2017 mm-hmm. Justice League, which many of you probably saw posters of and may have even seen, which was primarily directed. By Joss Whedon, at least, like, the DGA credit and, like, the way it's listed and everything is is Joss Whedon um, directed slash, you know, uh, uh, directed in this capacity, meaning more, like, oversaw the editing and, and kind of how the film was put together, for example. Um, and that was largely due to the fact that Zack Snyder, the 
former director uh, uh, slash, uh, uh, you know, visionary, I guess, is sort of a way to, uh, that sounds like too uh, value-based of a word. Like, I'm not trying to say visionary like a good thing. I just mean like the person who literally had the vision um, uh, had to leave the project because unfortunately his daughter uh, uh, took her life, took her own life, and he had to leave the project as a result, uh, very understandably. And kind of took that time to mourn and, and do whatever needed to do. So they brought in Joss Whedon in order to finish the project. And that was in 2017, mm-hmm. I think. And ever since then, uh, the internet has been a nightmare. So, uh, Shalila, can you give us some insight into why the internet has been a nightmare? Yeah, I'll fill out a little Other bit. Other than of just the internet. I mean, know. if you're asking me to explain why the internet is a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> then I think we should all it turn all off our devices and go for a long walk on the beach right now. Yep. But to attempt to address this one slice of the nightmarish internet that we all occupy, or at least the two of us unfortunately spend a lot of our lives on, uh, yeah, you know, the original Justice League 2017 movie, Turns out it wasn't that good. People didn't like it that much. People were kind of underwhelmed. And uh, to fill out a little bit of what you said, essentially the original vision by Zack Snyder, who you may know from, I suppose if you don't know anything about him, like the movie 300, the big Sparta movie. Um, Mm -hmm. So he wanted to originally make a trilogy of Justice League movies. And it was going to be kind of buffered by... Batman versus Superman and then Suicide Squad and everyone was going to love those. And then it builds to this big Justice League trilogy crossover event in the style of, not in the style, but, you know, hearkening back to Avengers 2012 where it's the first big crossover and it really, really makes the DCEU shoot for the stars. And so he, he you know, starts shooting and writing and everything. And um, he makes it with his kind of signature sort of dark, maybe realistic-ish style, whatever he's going for. Um, And, but the thing is, Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad didn't do so hot. People didn't like them. You may remember this. If you don't, again, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) But uh, Warner Brothers is like, okay, this isn't really working. So they bring in Chris Terrio, who is, well, of Argo fame. If you also don't know him, good for you, honestly, that's fine. Um, He's a, you know, a guy. And uh, he tries to come in and and make a cut of the movie. Studio audiences hated his cut. So finally, Warner Brothers brings in Joss Whedon. And they're like, please fix this movie. Um, And, you know, Zack Snyder has his, frankly, horrific family tragedy. So he has to step down completely. And Joss Whedon adds a bunch of pages onto the script. He does a bunch of reshoots to sort of make it his own vision and his own movie out of what he was given. Uh, So the movie releases, people don't love it. But, you know, some people think it's okay. Some people think it's it's fine. Um, But it was kind of seen as sort of a Frankenstein movie because so many people were involved and the the mood and the tone changed so many times. It just wasn't that consistent of an enjoyable experience. And, you know, time passes and uh, the DC universe decides to focus on individual movies like Aquaman and Wonder Woman instead because this entire kind of effort wasn't really working out. But then the internet becomes a nightmare because all of, I don't know how to kind of characterize this audience, but let's just say for sake of simplicity, Zack Snyder fans or people who kind of liked his vision or respected what he was going for and weren't that happy about him being you know kicked off and his his piece of art turned into something else 
uh, start trending, hashtag release the Snyder Cut, which may be the only thing you've heard about this entire endeavor. So for the most part, people don't really think that's going to go anywhere. It's just sort of an internet trend appreciating his effort and, you know, the time he spent on this. Then later, I want to say like months or maybe a year even later, suddenly we hear that it is actually going somewhere, that this Snyder Cut is happening. And we keep hearing sort of conflicting things about what it's going to be. Like first we think it's going to be just, you know, a normal cut of the movie. Then we hear it might be sort of a mini series of sorts. Then we hear, no, it's probably still going to be a movie. I remember hearing it was going to be a mini series. And then we hear that they're going to do a bunch of reshoots and add on a whole bunch of footage and it'll be its own thing completely separate from the original movie yeah but then we also hear well possibly that's not going to happen long story short they want to have a 30 million dollar budget it ends up having a 70 million dollar budget this snyder cut and um it doesn't really add on any footage if i remember correctly he only shot like five minutes more than what he had originally shot and for his sort of trilogy in his head and he basically gets to edit it into the cut that he's always wanted, like his own piece of art, his original vision. And that's how we end up with the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which is four hours and two minutes long, three and a half years after the original cut dropped. Yeah, I think the the other thing that's important to talk about here is that there is two strange sort of... I'm almost going to call them like quasi-political things going on here, like intersections with this hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement, I'm going to call it. Mm -hmm. And I'm very specific about saying the hashtag part because that is what it like, that is what they rallied around. Uh, And it definitely started, at least from my my sort of unfortunate memory, uh... It started as kind of a joke. I think when I say that, I mean like it was viewed as a joke by others. I think for a lot of these people, this was serious from minute one. But it started as kind of this joke of like, oh, there's these really hardcore fanboys who want the Snyder Cut release. They believe that that this is important to note too. It was a conspiracy theory for a long time based off of a line from an interview that Snyder had given that it was believed that Warner Brothers was holding on to these film reels, which I also think is very funny because that's not really how movies are shot anymore. Uh, (laughs) Basically that they were holding on to these film reels and like had them in storage and they would never see the light of day. Like they had it all locked down and they were like, you know, we, we suppressed his movie. And it was literally like a conspiracy theory that this existed. And it started as kind of a joke, but then it got bigger. And bigger. And you know that because you could see it in like the real world. So one of the most obvious examples was I think it was Comic-Con 2018 maybe. San Diego's Comic-Con. Maybe 2019. They rented out the side of the building that faces the the, the stadium that the or the the the, the exhibition center that the Comic-Con's always in uh, with like this massive banner that said release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Um, and those billboards started popping up in New York, in LA, like it wasn't just like a thing that people shared on the internet, like it became something more. And then it really gained steam 
I remember the day it happened because that was the day when I was like, oh my God, we're going to have to actually pay attention to this, aren't we? <laughs> like, this isn't just like a stupid thing anymore. There was a day in which at the same time, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, among others, shared all at the same time. They shared these black and white images of themselves that said, release the Snyder Cut. And that was huge. Like, that was like a big changing moment because it legitimate, like, it, it felt like this weird recognition of like, oh, this isn't just like, you know, like the classic conception of like a dude in his mom's basement on a keyboard. Like, it, it's not just a film bro. Like, the actors themselves are legitimizing this stupid hashtag. Like, what on earth is going on? Like, I think there was just this weird constant feeling of like, what is happening? <laughs> like, wh why is this even coming close to being a reality? Why are there actual people being involved with it now? And then, of course, what you're referring to, I think, is when HBO Max launched, and almost immediately they said, hey, we're bringing the Snyder Cut to HBO Max. Like, that is what we're doing. One of the reasons it's launching, even. That was, like, part of the launch announcement. And that's when I, I know a lot of people that I follow on, you know, sort of film people kind of threw up their hands with, like, a, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, like, I guess this is just going to be a thing. Um, so... Uh, that that's what I'm going to file under sort of the first quasi political movement, which also unfortunately goes with what we saw with Sonic, which you and I have talked about. I think uh, I'm positive that we did. We sort of talked about the unfortunate cultural implications of coming in and basically saying, we are going to demand that you change Sonic's animation because we just don't like it. And it's not what we wanted as fans. So now they spent tens of millions more dollars and lots of uh, uh, working hours and pushed teams farther than they should have gone in order to redo a movie just because we sort of complained about it, essentially. Uh, and this is very similar. Like, it, it falls in this same category of basically fans demanding to see something because they feel that they deserve that and they are owed it. Um, and that certainly has its problems. Camp number two that I think is important to talk about is this movement also has some very annoying basis in a completely perceived and basically non-existent fanboy war, which is something that self-ascribed fanboys always think exists and almost never does. A, a large part of the sentiment around release the Snyder Cut and this like uh, ascription to the DCEU, which is also not a thing that exists. It was like a journalist made up that term as a joke, and then they started using it on for real things. Um, is in opposition to Disney and Marvel. And I think that's important too, because that changes, to me, it changes the way that you consume this movie if you believe... I think it changes depending on whether or not you believe that the filmmakers are also standing in that position. So essentially, one of the ideas here is there are people who believe Snyder represents what we need in order to combat the monopolistic, child, tyrannical Disney who basically takes the Marvel movies and sort of pumps them out, this commercial fare that is not art and it's not serious and it's not for adults, it's for children. And on the other side of the coin, we have... Zack Snyder, who makes these movies that aren't for children, and they're for grown-ups, and they're very serious in their art. Uh, 
and there's just so much silliness there. It's it's almost hard to find a starting point. But um, I mean, maybe the best starting point is both of them involve adults in their underwear yep. running around and fighting CGI aliens, which I love both of these things, but I'm not a, oblivious to the idea that they are 100%. They are, are not meant to be. Doesn't mean you can't find serious things in them, but my goodness, are they not meant to be taken that seriously? Um, so anyway, I just think it's important to kind of bring up that context because that is so much of what these discussions became about was this weird culture battle that was almost entirely invented. I mean, I, I honestly thought about this when we had our our uh, 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 guest on for the Spider-Verse episode because I remember, you know, we asked them about like, okay, like, did you know that Spider-Man, like Spider-Verse was different? Like, did you know it was part of, not part of Marvel or whatever? Like, did that matter? And I've asked this from a few people now, and the answer largely just seems to be no. Like, for most people, there there's no difference. Like, it's just a genre. So this idea that there is some, like, actual deep cultural element or war to it is so self-invented, but it is unfortunately something that has had a, a big stranglehold on pop culture internet for a while. So that brings us all to the Snyder Cut, which just released. Um... Funnily enough, that also brings us to the second movie they released. Did you see they released a second one, by the way? A second what? There's another Snyder Cut that's on HBO Max right now. There's, there's two? Yep. So there's Snyder, there's Zack Snyder's The Justice League. And then there's Zack Snyder's The Justice League Justice is Gray, which is the black and white cut of Justice League. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, uh... I think what we can talk about at the end, you know, I definitely want to cover the movie, obviously, but something that I do think we should talk about is that there's a new movement that has already begun. <laughs> yep. And I think it's important to kind of cover that because I think it has, I think there's definite reasons why we can sort of trace like, okay, maybe this is a problem that it ever got released slash what that would even mean, et cetera. But anyway, that's all the cultural context uh, for all of you fans who have told us you really like the, the uh, cultural conversation of our podcast. Uh, that's the context for you. Now, we can move to the actual movie itself, The Justice League. Um, I would say, I don't know, what do you think? Maybe we can give like a quick synopsis and then maybe our like big picture pro like like not pros and cons but like big picture review like just very simple synopsis review and we can keep all that spoiler free and then everything from there on is going to be pretty spoilery probably yeah that sounds perfect okay cool so uh do you want to do you want to cover the synopsis or do you want me to try to to synopsize this movie yeah go for it okay so base synopsis i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend like you never saw the original justice league we're gonna start fresh which is all Snyder has ever wanted. So, starting fresh, the Justice League movie uh, basically follows an alien invasion of the world, uh, 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 although primarily just one abandoned town in Russia. Uh, basically, big alien bad guy who who tried to invade Earth once before has now come back and is looking for these artifacts that are buried in Earth. And using those artifacts, they are going to terraform or transform the Earth into a sort of like a replica of their home world because they are evil. That's that's pretty much the gist of their motive. 
And of course, standing in opposition to them is uh, primarily the main characters, Batman and Wonder Woman uh, from the previous movies, uh, who are who understand that this problem is above them and they must search for a team of like-minded or more appropriately powerful individuals in order to stand against them, including The Flash, played by Ezra Miller, uh, Cyborg, played by Ray Fisher, and Aquaman, played by Jason Momoa, who, of course, then had his own solo film as well. Um, so that's kind of the gist uh, without any spoilers. I think that's the that's the best way to, to summarize that movie. So what were your, like... What are your just your what's your what's your you know best one sentence no spoiler synopsis thoughts on this movie? How did you feel about it? It was much better than the first attempt. I I imagine you feel similarly. Hundred percent. It is. I think it's remarkably better. I will still couch that with like a. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> it just means it's much better. Um, I enjoyed myself much more. I think that's important. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to enjoy here. So I guess my my review slash recommendation is like, if you've got four hours to kill, I don't know what else are you doing. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it's 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 even built episodically. You could watch it that way. You can just watch it straight. It's not that bad. Um, you know, watch it. I guess. Uh, I actually think it's probably worth watching in one sitting, even if you spread it out over a day more than it is in separate sittings. I feel like the more time you spend sitting and thinking the worse you're going to be. Just watch it. Like, just don't, like, don't, like, if you ruminate, it's going to ruin it for you. <laughs> that's my, that's my, maybe that's just me. That's my guess. I know you watched it in pieces, so maybe you disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think I would have felt the same about it, to be honest. But I think if you're going to watch it in multiple sittings, I honestly think don't break it up too much. Because like you said, then you'll start thinking. And I don't think you should be yep. thinking when watching think. this. So if you're going to break it up, like I'd recommend maximum two parts, get it over with. Yeah. But it is fun. So yeah, I'm not seeing this gritting my teeth. I mean, if you if you hate it, like there's no reason to watch this anyway. But if you're vaguely interested, it's a fun ride. You should watch it in either one or maximum two settings. Also, it's in 4-3. It sure uh, is. Which is yeah. a little weird. So for those who don't, like if you don't know what that means off the top of your head, like Basically, that means that it is the aspect ratio of the screen is that of like an old TV. It looks like a box. Yeah. It's almost a square, like IE 4.3, right? Like the ratio being almost one to one. It is It is not like a widescreen movie like you would watch nowadays. Um, I'm not, we can get into like how we feel about that in a second, but I'm just putting that out there as like a be aware. If that bothers you, don't, I guess, don't watch it. But. <laughs> you know, I'll add on to that. I think when this movie starts for the first like three minutes, you've got a lot of capital O opinions in your head. And I'm, I'm, I think I can speak yep. for everyone. Like what, no matter how little you care about this movie, it'll start and you'll be like, all right, this is some kind of auteur vision. <laughs> and there's yep. some real kind of vibes and uh, art artistic styles going on here. And some capital D decisions have been taken. And I have to think about how I feel about it. And then five to 10 minutes pass and you're like, all right, this is another movie. So honestly, if you're that yeah. bothered by it, I would still give it 10 minutes before you decide you have to turn it off because the box is bothering you. Fully 10 minutes in, I forgot. I just fully forgot that this was different from any other movie. So just, just give it a second. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. All right. So that's our recommendations. 
big synopsis without spoilers, like that's our recommendation. So from here on out, we're going to have spoilers. And I think it's going to be primarily the two of us covering what the hell was going on in this movie. <laughs> There's so much going on. So, so anyway, much. this is your last spoiler warning. Here we go into Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I'm, I'm just, this has no structure. I'm just going to rapid fire here. Yeah, go Steppenwolf for it. looks so much better. Jeez, he looks so much <laughs> better. I don't understand the difference. Like, I'm guessing part of that $70 million budget went to like reanimating him or whatever, but why wasn't it good the first time? Like, what what was the problem? Like, and I, I never want to do that in a way that makes it sound like I'm blaming like the, the visual artists. Because I, from what I understand from like following enough of these, it's like never their fault, right? Like it yeah. always ends up being you gave us exactly 48 hours in order to produce a two-hour movie. So what do you want? You know what I mean? Like it's always like a time crunch, terrible working hours or conditions, not enough money, like, you know, a million things. But oh my God, it's such an improvement. The first one, you know, so so I, I, I think I told you this before, Alex and I watched Justice League – the the original the Whedon cut or whatever the hell you want to call it <laughs> Whedon like cut. last week and then the following week you know within like three days of each other we watched the Snyder cut or whatever and it was alarming how much of a change there is between those two designs like the one in the 2017 one is kind of hard to watch yeah I don't know what it is there's like something about his face and there's something about the body that as it moves, it's like kind of hard to actually look at. Not in like an uncanny valley way, but in like a like my eyes almost unfocused or something, or like they're they're like working on too many details. I don't know how to describe it, but it's 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 weird. It's hard to look at. And this one just worked better. Yeah, I'm behind you. Stephen Wolf's face in the original looks like this is so specific. In Spy Kids the movie, you know when they kidnap people <laughs> and then they have those kind of plasticine yeah. models and you, you kind of warp yeah, yeah, them yeah. and then the people physically warp it looks like he was made in one of those and put into a really shitty suit of armor it is unwatchable yep. and it makes me very uncomfortable frankly so he does look a lot better in this one he just looks he looks i mean again it's not like the highest compliment but he looks cool in this one and he's perfectly watchable which as a preview to everything i'm going to say in this entire episode my review for this movie for this cut is just perfectly watchable it's perfectly watchable it's those yeah. two words yeah it's just compared to the other one I this one is perfectly watchable fair, though that's like such a fair review because i think what that speaks to is the the last movie was honest to god not perfectly watchable <laughs> it wasn't like, there's so much of it that is nearly indescribably uncomfortable like i i i, I this is only my second time rewatching it and, uh, and you know the first time i watched it in theaters this time i watched it with alex and it did not get better. I mean, like, there's no component of it that got better. It only got worse because uh, I, I've had time to, like, process. So there wasn't even a shock value. It is, it's not all terrible, but there's so much of it that is so either, like, cringeworthy and not in, like, a, oh, I'm so much better than that way, which is an annoying thing people on Twitter do, but, like, a legitimately, like, I don't know who wrote the dialogue. It's not following from point A to point B and it's making me uncomfortable and like literally cringing or weird like sexualization because Whedon can't stop doing it with anything he does yeah. or uh, I, 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 or literally just visual like we're talking about. Like I can't actually focus on the screen. Um, super weird. 
uh, also some of the worst CGI mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen. Uh, and and I, I never know how to really judge that except to say, like, it looks so much like there are people just standing in front of a fake environment. Like, essentially, like, Zoom backgrounds. Like, yeah. it definitely looks like someone is Good just standing call. in front of a really well-done Zoom background. And you're like, yeah, that is fake and a half. As opposed to, like, oh, what an interesting, fantastical world they've developed. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Uh, Alex liked his suit a lot in this one. His, like, rainbowy kind of shifting cool armor. Yeah, that I was liked her it a lot. <laughs> I liked it. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I don't yeah. know. It seems better. Um, Again, the bar, the bar is low. I could have liked this in 2017, but <laughs> instead I have to like it now. But that's fine. I liked it. Oh, this is exciting. I guess we didn't do this. Should we give like a more spoiler synopsis now? And yeah. tr- like try to add in details. I want to try to add in as many words as I can. So, like, I don't mean number. I mean words that when I say them, you'll be like, you're making that up. Yeah, because there are so so many. (laughs) So many. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, who is the former head lieutenant and now banished son of Darkseid, the leader of Apocalypse, Mm A-P-O-K-O-L-I-P-S, Apocalypse, who is... uh, I, I mean, I can say so many things because of my worldly knowledge, but as far as the movie's knowledge goes, he's a guy. <laughs> he's a guy that looks a lot like Thanos. Um, he's a big, scary guy. Uh, has come to Earth searching for the three mother boxes, which are artifacts given to Darkseid by space witches. I swear to God they called them space witches. Mm-hmm. I didn't admit, I'm not saying that for me. I mean the movie said space witches, who were the mothers... I think, and these are their boxes, I think. <laughs> he gave them the mother boxes, which if you combine them, form the unity, unity. which is something. <laughs> and when you take that something, whatever the unity is, I don't really know, but when you use it, you can terraform a planet and make it into whatever you want. And in this case, he wants to make it like his homeworld apocalypse. I wasn't, I didn't skirt this part and this wasn't because of spoilers. I still don't know why he wants to do that. <laughs> like so much of the motivations I know from comics and TV shows, I don't know what his motivation is in the movie. I, I'm not really clear. I think it's just because that's what he does. He, he's he's cool about that. So in order to stop him, Batman and Wonder Woman have to get the Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman together in order to beat them. And this mirrors, of course the original time this happened <laughs> in the first age when is that i don't know <laughs> it's when atlantis was still up on top of the ocean so unknown time x when the atlanteans and the humans and by humans they mean three things people that look like vikings people that look vaguely arab and people that look vaguely chinese <laughs> like yep. there's people that are wearing imperial chinese clothing there's people that are wearing like saracen army clothing and there's people that are wearing viking clothing the three when races those, the humans <laughs> okay the atlanteans the humans the amazonians the gods like straight up zeus mm-hmm. also a horribly cgi'd whoever the guy who plays lupin in harry potter <laughs> yep I don't know that actor's name, but he was he was Ares in Wonder Woman, and he's Ares in this movie, and there's no way he's actually in it. I think it's an entirely CGI creative person. <laughs> it can't be him. There's no way. It looks so bad. Anyway, they're there. Also, a Green Lantern, who they don't ever talk about, but he's there, and you're just like, 
I'm assuming if you don't know who that is, you're just watching the movie going, okay, I guess there's just a space guy here. Uh, they all beat the bad guys and drove them off the planet. So now, not in the first stage, but in an age first plus N, Batman and the rest of his friends need to beat them. But they can't do it because I, I, they're just kind of bad. I don't know. They're, they're like, they're fine, but they're not good enough, essentially. So they need to go get Superman, who's dead. If you haven't seen Batman Superman, sorry, big spoilers, Superman's dead. Uh, oh, he dies at the beginning of this movie. I forgot. Oh. The death knell heard around the world, remember? Because he, right. like, he like is screaming or whatever. And it, yeah. Anyway, so Superman's dead. They decide they got to go revive him. How do they revive him? Well, <laughs> a mother box is it does energy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a mother box. What is their explanation? They said something about how a mother box doesn't destroy matter, but instead it follows the exact principles of physics in which matter is not created or destroyed. It simply transitions it. And if it can so, take energy, then it can also give or something like give that. Give energy. Right. So if you can transition matter from being there to not being there or whatever, then you could do it the other way around. So they take the mother box and they basically shove it into Superman with the help of Flash's electrical speed energy. Because it's like a car and needs to be jump-started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I know anyway. So <laughs> they jump-start Superman's body with a magical evil box from a space witch. And he comes back to life. And then he's bad for like five minutes. And it's not clear why it wasn't clear in 2017 and it's not clear now it includes the it involves this two marthas and a jar of piss but i wouldn't go any yeah. further than that <laughs> oh yeah that's the original right yep this one i i don't know why he's mad in this one like i get in the beginning it's like well oh, it's because it's me- his memory again. was wiped so and he doesn't he's, remember he's, the entire thing and he's like gotta kill batman i think his memory was wiped no because Batman's not there yet. He's fighting like Flash and Aquaman. Yeah, but he, he had his, like, in being resurrected, he had his memory reset to Batman versus Superman the movie, basically. And was he like, did? gotta attack. Did they say that? I I assumed. <laughs> I don't I don't remember them saying that. I believe you, but I don't remember there that. There are many From things my... they didn't say in this movie that you just That's true. to assume. From my viewing, he just like wakes up and you're like, oh my God, Superman's back. That's, That's pretty true. cool. He starts and then all the heroes everyone. line up in a line. And they're like, howdy do, Superman. We're so glad to see you. You got to help us. And then he's looking at them because he he's alive. And he can, like, he can see their hearts beating. History. He's like, boom, 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 boom. And he's like freaking out because I get that part. I was like, yeah, he's overwhelmed because he's alive. And then Cyborg's like, uh-oh, my computers are, are you know, they think he's a bad guy. I'm going to, I got to accidentally shoot him. Whoops, I missed. And then Superman's like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> but then he just keeps being like, violently mean like uh, you know he puts wonder woman in the damn ground like i don't know what there's like a there's like a, a i understand like survival instinct but it becomes like a very terrifying i'm gonna kill you thing and i don't know why <laughs> very confusing um anyway and they have to bring superman back to life so they can go be the bad guy they do that and then they go beat the bad guy uh and they do that by plugging Cyborg into the Unity and then jump-starting Cyborg mm-hmm. with Flash's electrical powers. 
based on his speed. And then Superman pulls the boxes apart such that Darkseid and Desaad and Granny Goodness, which that's all accurate. I didn't make any of that up. Such that they can't come through the portal, which I guess is the thing, in order to come to Earth. Such that they can't claim, yeah, you thought we were done. Nope, they added in another (laughs) MacGuffin in this movie. So that they can't claim the, what is it called? The the anti-life equation. Which is a, you don't know. The movie doesn't tell you. (laughs) It's a, it's. It's like a, you don't know. I'm going to tell you what it is because I don't think the movie does. It's like the formula to life. It's like the formula to free will. But the movie definitely doesn't tell you that. It just says the anti-life equation. And the anti-life equation is stored in the earth. Like on it. Like burned into the ground. Which felt very Transformers, by the way. Yeah, it really Uh, did. So... That's the next motivation for the bad guys who already had a perfectly fine motivation, but then they had another one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they beat the bad guys and the bad guys go away. And then the Justice League is like, hey, we should probably keep doing this because things seem bad and we're going to need more help. Um, and then there's another flashback sequence, which we could talk about it a bit <laughs> and or, yeah. or, or a dream sequence. Sorry. So that is the spoiler filled synopsis. Did I miss any important words? No, I feel like I probably words, did. But you could po- well, you um, missed one important word. You didn't say the word parademons, which parademons, a particularly right? fun one. So I'm, I'm shocked. But yeah, yeah which are I all mean, the, we, the bad guy, aliens. the bad, the little, the, the winged bad guys. There, yeah. you know, there's a version yeah, of this where you tell the entire synopsis only using Avengers, like Avengers 2012 words as oh, proxies for yeah, these absolutely. words. Where you're like, of course, uh, Doomsday. <laughs> sorry, Thanos. Uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, sorry, Loki. The mother box. Sorry, Infinity yep. Stones. The uh, yep. yeah, the the Chitauri. Chitauri. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Um, yep. and yep. the entire you can thing, definitely do it. It's there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Uh, you can do it. Like there are entire characters in this movie that weren't there in the original. Like there's the Martian Manhunter. So suddenly. many. The Martian Manhunter. Yeah, he's in here. Well, I let's wasn't talk expecting about that. him. Let's talk about that. So, Martian Manhunter is. I don't think he's that well known outside of people who have watched anything from DC. Would you agree with that? Like, he's not like a fan favorite character. He's not a fan favorite character, but I'll tell you how the average person. Okay, that's a that's a real that I took liberties there. I'll tell you how people <laughs> who have no investment in the comics might know him. He's a full character in the uh, CW Supergirl, like, right? Which right, is the right, only right, right, right. sole reason I know who he is, and also recognized him on site before he got to introduce himself by name. So, also, yeah, I think he's sure. got the funniest freaking real name in human history. John Johns? Yep. With two Zs? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like they don't explain it at all. They don't touch on it. No. Uh, nope. They don't explain it ever, I don't think. Like, I knew him as a kid growing up from the Justice League cartoon, and I don't think they're there. Like, he just says, like, I'm John Johns, and they're like, yes, you are. And I just keep going. <laughs> That's like, a name. Yeah. Um, I know vaguely from my memory of interviews that... Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Snyder is like a really big fan of the Martian Manhunter. Oh, sure. Okay. I assume that's why he's in this, but I will say it's also been like a rumor for a long time. So I want to transport you back to 2013, 2011's Man of Steel, in which 
the minute that guy showed up, that like whatever, I think at the time he was a lieutenant general or something, the minute he showed up, I remember people on the internet being like, that's that's Martian Manhunter. There's no way it's not Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I don't know how they did. I was always so confused. Oh, of like, damn. Based on what? He's just like the only person of color in this movie. That's your entire <laughs> that's your entire decision. Like, why is he Martian Manhunter? I don't get it. And I will give it to them. They were right. <laughs> he showed up at all the other ones. And you're like, I guess he's going to keep going back. And it's because he was the Martian Manhunter. So congratulations. You did it. Um yeah, he's in this. Uh, he, I think the. Let, let me ask you. We're gonna. I'm, we're jumping all over the place. I don't care. This is our podcast. Screw it. Uh, I think the end of this movie is the weakest by a long shot. The weakest part of the entire thing. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Like the epilogue. I sure do. The epilogue sequence was tough, tough to watch. It was. It felt. It, it was felt a lot long. worse written. It felt so long. There's like five epilogues, yeah. which is not how the definition of the word epilogue. Keeps, and it the last rough. one goes on the longest, and it's the oh one I hate the most. God. So it's really yes. painful. I was looking at the the yes. playback thing ticking by, and I was like, well, can the credits 100%. just start before I truly throw myself yeah. out of the window? <laughs> so the reason I bring that up is Martian Manhunter is in the epilogue, and he like shows up and talks to Ben Affleck again, and he's like, hey... I'm here to help if you ever need it, which immediately, I, as soon as they did it, I was like, this is a huge mistake. Don't you know the rule? <laughs> never bring up, like, never bring attention to the fact that someone wasn't there. Because the first thing I think is the audience is like, well, why wasn't that son of a bitch there? <laughs> like, why weren't you helping the whole time then? But part two is he introduces himself by saying, my name is John or whatever. He goes, but I have also been known as the Martian Manhunter. And then he flies away. And he just and leaves. So weird. I don't know why they had him introduce himself like that. It's so strange. Who calls you that? Why are you called that? Why is it even here in this he movie? He said it like he hates it, but then why did you say it? Yes. And he doesn't look good at all. No. He just doesn't. Geez. I don't think he's a good live action character. He's too alien. It's a great animated character, but or in the CW where you can make it look like a Power Rangers villain, but... <laughs> Don't put him in. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, so he's brand new character. Uh, Dark side, like we mentioned, is brand new in as far as this movie goes. Um, Desaad is brand new. The torturer who shows up three times. Um, who else is there? Ryan Choi. Yeah. Uh, who is in Star Labs mm -hmm. with Silas Stone? Uh, Ryan Choi, who is the Atom, the second Adam, if my memory serves, in the DC universe. Uh, he's in this. Uh, who else is in this? Um, not counting the dream sequence. I'm not to the dream sequence yet. <laughs> is there anybody else that we're missing from like the main movie who's who's here? Oh, uh, oh my God. Well, we're forgetting the strangely most uh, currently sexualized of all of them, Willem Dafoe. Oh, right. You know how the internet's like really into how Willem Dafoe is really hot right now? Um, Willem Dafoe. I forgot he wasn't he's in, in the it original. as Volko. Yeah, yeah. So people, if you see Aquaman, he's you know he's back here for that. Um, I feel like that's probably everybody. Robin Wright. Nope. See, there's a whole list. Robin Wright's actually in this one. She's in the she's in the flashback sequence. Um, as as Wonder Woman's aunt again. Uh, man, I don't know. I feel like there's a ton, and I'm just gonna forget them all. Yeah, I think I think we're good. We can talk about the painful last epilogue. Oh my god, the epilogue. Holy shit. Oh man. So, 
if you didn't see Batman Superman, there's this whole dream sequence because Batman Superman had way too much stuff going on. There's like two things that happen in the movie that are really important to this movie. One, there is a there's a dream sequence in which Batman basically sees this like uh, dystopian future where Superman has become a dictatorial god-like ruler of Earth and seemingly alongside Darkseid because you see the Omega symbol on the ground and all that crap. And Batman is, of course, leading the resistance and he is betrayed and captured and seemingly killed by Superman. Um, And I think even in that one, you learn, like, you get, like, a reference to, like, oh, Lois is dead. And that's probably part of it. Uh, And that's all you get. And then he wakes up from that dream into another dream. (laughs) Yep. In which the Flash, played by Ezra Miller, has come back in time and is warning him about something. And he says, Lois is the key. And then he disappears again. And I don't know why those are in that movie. They don't belong. It's very convoluted. But they do the dream sequence again in this one. They do like a sequel to the dystopian dream sequence, which featured a lot of characters who were all definitely not on the screen at the same time. I don't think they were all, I don't think any single one of them was there. Uh, Amber Heard as Mara, Joe Mangiello, I think is how you pronounce his name, as Deathstroke. Uh, I don't know, a couple others. Flash is there, Cyborg is there, I think. And Jared Leto as the Joker. (sighs) Yeah. You know how we always say we're not going to talk about the Joker again? (laughs) Yeah. So... I don't know how you how you felt about the epilogue. Uh, I know we both didn't like it, but I was on board with the dream sequence until the Joker. Yep. Because I thought, if you look over at the Flash, he's wearing the armor that he has in the dream sequence in Batman Superman. So I thought to myself, oh, they'll finally sort of maybe explain why the hell that was ever there or whatever. Like, they just at least it'll be kind of weird and cool. And it's fun to see characters in different costumes and... You know, Amber Heard's Mara's cool, whatever. And then it kept going. There was like five more minutes of that scene, which was just Jared Leto monologuing about how he killed a child. And then also Lois died or something. Or something. Yeah, my patience was just wearing very thin after multiple other epilogues. Like at this point, I'm still like, I really just don't have the patience to digest six extra sort of you should remember this things in addition 100%. to Lex Luthor's gone, Lex Luthor's now here, Lex Luthor's now meeting yep. Deathstroke, Martian Manhunter is also there, and now there's this long thing. And part of my lack of patience for that is that like this is this was meant to happen in 2017. So a lot of the things that they're hinting at like either don't matter or have happened yet or categorically won't be happening. So I'm just like, well, now I don't care. Like, I understand that it's part of your vision, but can you organize it better? So like knowing the context that you have, which is it is the year 2021 now, it's more digestible. No, that's really true. I actually hadn't thought about that in terms of like, you're totally right. A lot of that isn't relevant anymore, either because we know it isn't because they've told us it's just not happening or whatever. Like the casting has changed. Like, that's a really great point. Like, I never, I didn't actually think about it in terms of why, like, in other words, this was not edited. You didn't have to put this in. You you just put this cut together over the last year. So you already know that Leto is no longer doing the Joker or that this is the final one of your movies or that Wonder Woman is no longer following these plot lines or whatever. Like, 
So then why keep it in? Why even bother putting it in? That's a great point. Great point. Versus, okay, I'm going to add to this confusion barrel. Why not do more with The Flash? Because his is one of the only movies actually still happening. Yeah. The Flashpoint movie is still happening with, with I think, Kevin Smith writing it. Um, that movie is, like, still in existence. So why wouldn't you, inst- if you're insisting on doing setup epilogues, why not focus on the one that's actually in existence? Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. I mean, it was clearly just that's an attempt so to stick to the original vision, which, like, listen, that that cannot extend to epilogues. Like, the whole point of an epilogue is yeah. to tie your piece of art to the present and future, and you don't get to do that. <laughs> you don't get to make a false epilogue. But, you know, I mean, if you. you start to criticize the the validity of the vision, then everything starts falling apart. So I'll just I'll just leave it there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, but speaking of brand new characters, I mean, the thing is, I think we said all of the the brand new people who were dropped in who weren't there in the 2017 yeah. cut. But for me, the the most kind of the thing that stood out most is that when I was watching the original, the 2017 one, I just didn't care for Cyborg. Okay, I didn't like him. I thought he was fine. 100%. And it was just it's because the movie just didn't like it did him dirty. Like there was just nothing to like about him. He he yep. looked like some kind of like smartphone commercial the entire time and was just like moody. And his cuts were all over the place. Like it felt like there was no connection between the person he was throughout that movie. And I think we all, I think everyone felt that way. Like his characterization was really uh, symbolic of the disconnection that that kind of flowed through the entire movie. And then in this movie, I feel like I, I went 180 on that and kind of turned into a cyborg stand. Like I was like, actually, this guy is great. Like it's not like I had an issue with the character. I always the point is I always thought Cyborg was a really cool character, which is why I was mad that they did him dirty. But in this movie, like mm-hmm. it was, I, it really just stood out to me how much cooler he was. Like he he was just like they gave him a shot at being a real character with a real arc, like any person should be in any decent movie and he was just miles better so much so much cooler and just a fully fledged character i don't know if that if that stood out to you but it was it was kind of the biggest part of it for me i honestly think that is i think that is probably worthy of being the most significant and most what's the word like validating reason for this cut's existence yes like i i honestly think the all I, the rest of it i could give or take like the rest of it i'm kind of like you know what i may have liked these things that are better but honestly does it matter no like we could have just stuck to the cartoons and i would have been perfectly happy or whatever but the existence of cyborg actually having a pretty good ray fisher's character victor stone cyborg having a pretty damn good like interestingly fleshed out story almost makes it feel like it's worth it you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's almost like, okay, maybe this wasn't so bad. I loved the parallels between him and Superman. I thought that was such an interesting route to take where yeah. every single step of his growth in this movie parallels him against Superman. Of like, you know, the the father choosing to sacrifice, except his father chooses to do it in order to basically push him forward as a hero while Clark's did it in order to keep him from being a hero, right? Or... Uh, um. Uh, you know, that's a contrasting parallel, but others were sort of in concert, right? Even the flight thing, like the end of this movie hit shoot that, that desire to simply fly, to move up and forward. Super, super related, obviously to Superman, even like visual tricks that I really enjoyed. Like, um, when they see, uh, uh, they go to, uh, 
they see like Victor's gravestone and then they sort of like turn and look at that against um, uh, Clark's gravestone. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, just little things like that spread throughout the entire movie that were very intent about basically, at least to me, what that read as was like, he is very much meant to be the legacy of that character in the way that you could say, like, he's meant to carry it on. He is meant to be the Superman of the new world. And I loved that. I thought that was so neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really, I really am glad that got put back in. Also, there's just, I, I don't know, we we don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but I think it's worth everyone's time for you to look up what has been going on with Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers. He has been uh, very adamantly fighting them, essentially, because of uh, their treatment of him uh, uh, on set and afterwards, both by Joss Whedon and by Warner Brothers executives. Um, and at least in his sort of statements, he believes it is specifically and definitively racially charged. So it's it's really interesting to see how much they put into this movie in light of how much he has basically said mm. he was screwed over in the original cut and how much he's fought. I mean, he's a young guy. Ray Fisher is not like an established actor, right? Like Ben Affleck going toe-to-toe with Warner Brothers is one thing, but Ray Fisher is risking a lot in his career by being so vocal and he's been very transparent about it. And I think that's really, you know, really, really worthy to, to talk about it and to see. So I really recommend people look that up if you can. He's, he's an interesting guy. So anyway, that was very cool to see. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. That is really great. I, I would say the extent to which... Batman versus Superman mishandled the the theme of moms is about the extent to which this movie <laughs> dedicated to trying to handle the theme of dads. I'm not saying it was entirely yeah. successful, but I mean it, it does. I, yeah. I it strikes me outside the context of just the plot. Like it's it's I assume at least somewhat tied to kind of like Zach's personal loss. So I can imagine that's probably heavy yeah. for him. But I mean, I you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that this movie for me is a triumph of theme handling in any form. Like it's it's fine, no. you know. Like I, I, the moment I start to say the word themes is where this movie falls apart. So I'm gonna not. But I, as much as I mean, you you can dig for some, and I think he he does the dad thing pretty pretty fine. You know, like it, honestly, yeah. there's some pretty meaningful and and you know connections between every almost every single hero in the squad and some kind of either dad or otherwise parental connection and how that's led them to where they are and how this movie has changed that relationship. And that's, that's definitely present, which I'll give him. We don't have like a, I know we don't have the time to do this and I I don't want to spend any time on it, but I just want you to know for the record, I, I like the Martha scene. (laughs) It it works. I know (laughs) it works for me. It does, like, I got it in the theater. I was like, mm. that is such an interesting way to humanize him. Like, I really, I was into it. I 100% bought in. I was like, yeah, that 100% makes sense. I'm, I buy this. I'm into it. I understand what's going on here. And then the entire internet was like, literally, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I I stand by it. I think, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it worked for me. I, I it made sense to me. Uh, so I'm a I'm a Martha defender. That's my uh, self-described title. You know now, well, now I really want us to do the entire all the DC movies. <laughs> I just want I know we talked give about you the that. I think we should. I think it'd be to fun me. to to revisit. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. We should do that. Uh, anyway, other things in Justice League. I feel like we you know, we can cover everything we didn't like, but I feel like we've already done that slash yeah. like 
most of the things I don't like were already present in the original. Like, it's just messy. There's too much going on. Uh, the themes are all over the place, like you said. It's, it's you know, whatever. But uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun, like, maybe just, like, lightning round, like, like one, you know, uh, I go, you go, et cetera, of, like, things that we just enjoyed in this one. Yeah. Like, just whatever. Like, pick anything you want. So I'm going to start with I absolutely loved that in the way that the heroes are sort of set up in this movie makes them feel very pantheonic. And it actually like reinforces that idea in the way the original didn't. So they honestly do feel like successors to the old gods, as they keep calling them, like Zeus and mm. Artemis and whatever. Like they honestly feel like that. Like from from you know, these these Icelandic women like sort of like chanting this goodbye song as Aquaman leaves and this almost like devotion to, you know, Cyborg being able to just reach into the world's financial systems and redistribute as he so chooses to, you know, whatever. Like they crash through buildings because they can. Like there's no it's not a it's not seen as a moralistic failing as far as the movie's concerned, because it's putting them on the same pedestal of like, no, they're gods. Like that's the point. They're different. You know, like mm-hmm. even even stupid stuff like at first bothered me and I was like, oh, never mind. That makes sense. When Flash chooses to go through the door as opposed to open it when he's going to rescue what's her face. I, I don't I didn't understand at first. I was like, why didn't you open the door? <laughs> why didn't you just <laughs> run out? And then again, it sort of made sense of like, oh, yeah, because you're a god. You don't have to. Like, why would you? You don't even think about it. Why would that even occur to you? Like humans open doors. But. We don't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I like that. That 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 aesthetic worked for me. So that's my first entry. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to add on to that, actually. Great call. I, I think the characterization, just being Miles better, is just the the best part of that of this entire cut. Uh, characterization of the characters is just so much more stable and consistent. Them. And it's it's good. And I think, I think um, for all of the... I don't know, ups, downs, opinions around Zack Snyder's choices uh, of, you know, his his kind of like dark or gritty takes on things. Um, it, I liked that he kind of did this realistic job of showing what it what it can be like when a bunch of people who have these big egos slash like are just different, like, you know, are heroes and kind of messed up people who are coming to terms with being fundamentally different from every other human on Earth and everyone else in the universe have to team up together and get along in quotes and fight and and kind of just have to work together and it's like doing a project at work with people who you just don't know and do not really get along with and it just kind of made sense i like the way he did like them having to work together and being like we're all super different and honestly this might not go so hot but we're here because there's a need for it and um honestly like this is not what I want to be doing, but we have to. So let's uh, let's tough it out. Yeah, I like that. I like yep. it was very realistic. Like it kind of felt like they hated each other a lot of the time, and that just feels yep. like it would be true, you know. So I mean, I understand yeah, that's not everyone's they didn't taste, just immediately but like, get along. It's true. Yeah, yeah you know. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna make my next entry. I like that uh, Wonder Woman's interactions with everyone were not entirely based on whether or not she would sleep with them. <laughs> Or talking about her now 75-year-old dead boyfriend. Um, because in the original cut, that's all it is. The entire time. <laughs> Joss Whedon. Every conversation with Batman is either, uh, oh my god, I used to know this guy named Steve Trevor, and I'm really sad about it still, even though it's literally been since World War I. Um, <laughs> it's really sad. And isn't that sad? And then Alfred's like, hey, you should go sleep with her. Or... 
my least favorite scene of the entire thing, bar none, no question, is during a fight sequence in which Flash falls on her boobs. Because that's Joss Whedon's favorite joke mm. of all time, is when a male character, especially one who is not like, uh, let's say, outwardly or stereotypically coded as like masculine, when he falls on the lady's boobs. Isn't that funny? <laughs> he did the exact same thing in Evangel Ultron. Literally the same thing. I don't know why he thinks it's so funny. It's not. It's stupid. You can get away with it once, maybe a career. And he's done it many times. Anyway, I like that that wasn't there. Uh, there's also not that annoying line at the end of the original one when Batman looks at her and he's like, you have to learn to lead now. You have to lead because you're Wonder Woman and I'm the man of the dark. And they can't <laughs> always look to me. They have to look to a leader. And she's like, thank God, because I'm 3,000 years old. And I didn't know that because I'm a woman in a Joss Whedon movie. But you're Batman and you're Ben Affleck and you did know it. So thank you for telling me. And in this one, that just never comes up ever once. They're just like, it's immediately understood from the word go. It's like, yeah, he leads it and so does she. They're the two leaders. <laughs> like he doesn't, she doesn't need a pep talk. Yep. That's not a part. That's not the problem. <laughs> Loved that. That's my next entry. Joss Whedon is for sure a dude. Um, he's definitely a person who does things. Uh, yeah. The, the whole damn thing was just so much more consistent and stable as a movie that it made a four hour and two minute movie feel like it had a simpler plot than a 120 minute movie which i think is an achievement 100%. like again once again as we keep bringing up this is not so much like a grand compliment to this cut as it is a big old dig at the older cut like i, I watched the entire thing and i was like actually i could like if i didn't want to say all the capital w words I could feasibly explain you this movie like very well in like 30 seconds. Like uh, it work it works, you know? And I think that's a a real testament to again how bad the original one was cut together. And I honestly, quick little thing, I'm kind of a fan of all the slow-mo in this movie. I just enjoyed it. Like I I was like, well, if you're going to go really? for it and you're going to make this 4-hour movie, then you know that's what? <laughs> if 30 minutes of it has to be straight slow-mo, then then you do that. And I, I actually enjoyed it. I was just like, well, I, it, it, it brought me back to when I used to love watching The Flash on the CW and like 90% of that show mm. is is slow-mo because he's The Flash, you know? And yeah. I was like, honestly, this kind of works for me. I think I'm just a slow-mo person. And then I forgot about that because I stopped watching shows on the CW. But this brought me back to that. And for that, I would like to thank Zack Snyder <laughs> for making wow. something that he- Yeah, that's a big one. You know, that's very true to him. And also for, for breaking it up into to parts and being very kind of meta about, like, this is long and I have a capital B vision. Uh, good yeah. for him. Yeah, I uh, I think my – I'm going to just final give, like, three quick ones. I like that the Amazons were actually cool. Yeah. Um, Snyder, I mean, for all of his problems, and his problems are myriad, he gets that things can be cool. And, like, if you just make them cool and you don't focus on anything else – they can just be cool. Like, it doesn't have to make sense. It could just be interesting to look at. That whole fight sequence between them and Steppenwolf is cool. That is just a cool scene. Like, also, I don't know who those women were that he found to, like, b hit those stone blocks with those hammers. They must have been bodybuilders or something. They are so gigantic. Oh, they're and ripped. And it was, like, that was so cool to see, like, that conception of an Amazon. Because, obviously, Gal Gadot is, like, tall and slender and beautiful. That's her whole thing. Versus, like massive people like just shoulders you know much wider than my body is long <laughs> like, 
<laughs> just, it's, it was really interesting to see. I liked that. It was just a neat, different sort of take. Um, very cool. I liked that a lot. Um, what else do I like? I like that there's no Russian family in this one. That's not to say that Russian families aren't good. I'm sure they all are. <laughs> Country of Russia, keep up the good work. But uh, in the original one, there is a Russian family who is supposed to be your, like, emotional point of view, like what you're supposed to care about. And I, I don't know why I never did once ever. I don't know why they're there truly doesn't serve a purpose and they're not here in this one. Uh, and that's such a blessing. <laughs> I just can't even tell you how much it makes that final scene better where you're not like, Oh God, are they going to save the civilians? Like why do I, there's a bunch of civilians in an abandoned nuclear power plant town. Why are they here? I don't even know what's going on. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, way better. They just, in this one, were like, hey, guess what? There's probably not people living there. And you're like, yeah, that's 100% the right choice. Good good call. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I'm going to put that as my number two. Number three, finishing out with what you just said, actually, The Flash overall, much better in this one. I think The Flash, they did him real dirty in the first one. Second, maybe only to Cyborg, maybe third to Aquaman. I'm not sure. But uh, in the first one, he just sucks. His whole thing is he's like, I'm too scared to be a hero. I'm scared of spiders and guns and I'm quippy because I'm Joss Whedon's mouth in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and he just like trips and he's like, ugh, I'm so goofy. And in that way, that's just very saccharine and annoying. And in this one, he keeps his like goofiness. Like he has a goofy character and that's fun. But there's like actual emotional driven decisions and conflict. Like he does trip. But it's not because he sucks. It's because throughout the movie, they keep talking about that he's like not actually very into his powers. He's kind of afraid of them. There's like a frontier and he's not sure he ever wants to reach it. He's not sure what it can do. There's like a lot that has to go into that involving his dad. Like there's a lot of good reasons. And then, of course, that has like a great emotional climax where like he actually dives into it and does what he needs to do. And in doing so, realizes the extent of what this can mean. And that benefits the final product. Like... It just made sense, and he's better in it. So, yeah. honestly, big picture, uh, I, I want to bring Alex back into this because her biggest complaint was she was so bored in the original. Like, I, she was pissed after we watched it. She's like, I think that might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. She talked about how boring it was, and more than anything, how much she just didn't care about any character. She's like, I, I can't believe this movie made me care so little about everyone. No one. Like, you just can't like them. They're not. They're not. There's nothing there to like. And I think that is this movie's greatest benefit is that it actually makes every single one of them, you are into them. Like your mileage varies, but like you do care. <laughs> like you you want to care and that's present. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'll leave it. Fantastic. Yeah. It's 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 remarkable that there are things to like about it because I, I, I sure felt that way about the original. I was like, well, this is a forgettable movie. And then I forgot the entire movie. So in that way, <laughs> I enjoyed watching this because it really did kind of feel like watching something for the first time. <sighs> yep. So yeah, Zack Snyder, you, you, you done did the job that you wanted to do, I hope. So uh, reflecting on this movie's existence, um, it's kind of, I mean, maybe, maybe now slightly fading because popular conversation moves so quickly, but it's currently basically the hottest thing in pop culture. And everyone's kind of like, all right, the mm. Snyder Cut, you know, it's out finally. So this is my big question. Um, I mean, I, I sure have several in my head, but I guess the one that I'm very curious to hear from you about, um, like, how, you know, what does this mean for the DC world? Like, what, why... Why do we all want to see this despite 
yep. assuming most people who are seeing this have seen the original and didn't really like it. Like, are people who didn't see the original even watching this? What What is the audience of this movie? And does it matter, you know? Uh, in that, imagine, imagine in 2016, if you will, that another cut of Avengers 2012 comes out. And there's been other movies since then, but we just get to see a random other cut of what should have slash could have been of the big crossover event for that branding powerhouse. Does it matter? Does that change anything? Where are we at with DC? And this is 17 questions. Take it as you will. But why? What? who's watching this? Why are we watching this? And what does this mean for DC? Yeah. So I think I have a couple couple answers here. One. I think there is once again two camps of people that are watching this movie. I think there is like a true honest to God two camps. There are the people, there is essentially everyone else. There, there's group A and then there's everyone else. You and I fall into everyone else. We are people that either A, saw this movie on HBO Max and we said, look, Superman, and they clicked play. Or there are people who went, Oh, yeah, that's that thing that people have been talking about nonstop on the internet for five years. Maybe, I don't know, let's just watch it because it's quarantine. Like, I don't, what, what else are we going to do? Who cares? Like, you know, uh, either sick fascination or whatever, right? Insert reason here, all of which are perfectly reasonable. You're fascinated by the product in the same way that you're fascinated by a train wreck. You're bored. You like superheroes. You think Henry Cavill is hot. He is so hot. I think that's also, we didn't mention that enough in this podcast yet. Are you a Henry Cavill person or are you not on Henry Cavill land? I'm not really a really? card-carrying citizen. He's all right. I mean, he sure is a what? I mean, I could I'm not blind. He's a good-looking man, but he just doesn't do it for me. I'm not Okay, as Superman, he's not my number 1, but I don't know what it is about in the Mission Impossible that he's in number 6 or whatever when he's in that bathroom fight scene he and he like cocks his, his arms. Yep. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that. <laughs> There's something about I mean, that. You got me action, there. It's like, that scene. Oh, that is a hot scene. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, regardless, that's a perfectly good reason to watch it. Ben Affleck is super hot in these movies. He's gigantic. I don't know what they did to him, but he's huge. Gal Gadot's hot. Everyone's hot. So great. Good reason to watch it, except for bald Jesse Eisenberg. Not a fan of bald mm. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, anyway, good enough reason. The point is that's that's everyone else. Group A are all of the people who watched it and immediately said, this validates everything that we have been screaming about for four years on the internet. Like, we were right. Thank you for giving us what we were due. Now we're on to the next thing. Like, I think that is the two people that watched it. Um, And that brings me to the second thing, which is to the second part of your question, where does this like go? Uh, We already have an annoying new campaign which is hashtag restore the Snyder verse, not the Snyder cut, but the Snyder verse, which is already exhausting. Oh, when you said a new campaign, I thought you were talking about like release the air cut of Suicide Squad, but that's there too. Yeah, okay. That's part of it. It's like all housed under the release the Snyder verse, which is the belief that Warner Brothers has intentionally hidden and has canceled all of Snyder's future projects and has basically changed the fate of the DCEU to be one-off projects that are more creatively driven by lots of different voices. Ugh, garbage. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> we need to make sure that it goes back because this movie was better 
better than terrible. And thereby, this one should be the lead sort of like flagship. Like we need to follow this path and restore Snyder's vision for the Snyderverse. I want to quickly say at the beginning of that podcast, you talked about how he imagined this as a trilogy. It's 100% true. However, the actual quote is so much better. Mm, delicious. Chef's kiss. Eat it up all day. He said that he imagined this as a trilogy of five movies. <laughs> Say it again. He imagined it as a five-movie trilogy, a trilogy with five parts, a five-part trilogy, any way you want to slice it. That's what he said. It's the exact quote. And I love it to death. Can I stop? I don't know what it group? means. <laughs> Just so in the, my, biggest, my biggest nitpick beef with both the Justice League cuts is that uh, Aquaman's trident has five prongs. Yes. Is a, is a, is a whatever, a pendant? Yeah. It's like, that's not a trident. If it I swear to God, I think prongs. Alex said the same thing in the movie. I'm pretty sure she was watching and goes, that's not a trident. That's not, sir, the root of the word trident. Anyway, that's this yep. is a wonderful theatic Much connection. Much like the root of the word trilogy is try yeah anyway he imagined it as a five-part trilogy which is oh my god all day long put that in my body i love that phrase oh so good um and i I think the whole point was it was man of steel bvs justice league next movie final movie so anyway the whole thing is they're like hey bring that back we want that back this is what needs to be um which sucks like i that sucks i can't believe we're gonna have to live through that again i i really it has been an exhausting four years to watch pop culture not be focused. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but like a significant chunk of airspace was spent Impressively talking about committed. this, which is annoying. Yeah. And it's going to come back and it has expanded into two fascinating cousins, which has released the air cut, which is the belief that David Ayer, the director of Suicide Squad, has his own version of that movie that is kept hidden by Warner Brothers and we need to release it, which isn't true. Uh, and part two, my or part three, my personal favorite one, released the Lucas cut. Referring to, we need to force Disney to release George Lucas's versions of the sequels, the Star Wars sequels, which is not a thing that exists because he didn't make them, he didn't write them, he didn't produce them, he was in no way involved. So that one is my favorite. <laughs> That's my my number one favorite baffling reality world that you're living in so anyway all of that to say that is where we're at with it uh yeah as far as like the future i don't know i i doubt that warner brothers is going to move forward with anything um i i think if they do i think that officially says that there has been a very dangerous precedent set uh, thanks to sonic and justice league i think there is a very dangerous precedent a very loud and very consistent people on social media who are able to basically convince or persuade executives through viral marketing, essentially, that there is a large base of people that want creatives to change a product and studios to spend millions changing a product because a fan wishes it so. And not to mitigate harm. This is not the case of like, hey, stop putting bad things in your movies. This is a case of, I think Sonic should have looked different and I deserve that because I was a child once. Uh, or in this case, hey, I don't happen to like things that are not as dark, make it better. So, uh, yeah, th- there's some stuff going on there that I think is dangerous. All that being said, Warner Brothers, as you mentioned at the top, spent $50 million more million than they intended in order to cut this thing. 
on top of that, they had already committed to 30 more. It almost bankrupted HBO Max doing it. Uh, and the entire thing was pretty publicly meant to get subscribers, and that's about it. Yeah. I think they're done. I think the, you know, Aquaman was successful. Shazam was successful. James Gunn's Suicide Squad's coming here soon. I think that's going to help us determine the future. You've got The Rock's Black Adam show, which has a crazy cast that is now developing. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of projects in the works that are very different to what Snyder has going on. And I don't think they're willing to spend the money to bring that back. I, I think that ship has sailed. I, I think it's going to die out, or maybe that's just my naive hope. Yeah, I'm entirely behind you. I also think in the grand scheme of things, conversation goes by so fast. And in a month's time when we've all forgotten about Darkseid, I mean, you know, nobody's really going to be calling for anything. I'll heal Darkseid. But yeah, I agree with you. There's, a, I think, a fascinating history of director's cuts in cinema, which maybe merits a chat or an episode just out of curiosity and study of that kind of phenomenon. Yeah. Because I think it's, I mean, it's it's very different from this kind it's of convoluted. precedent. Yeah. It's like dirty history too. Very yeah. much so. But I agree with you. This is not that necessarily. I mean, this is a director's cut, but this, I think it's dangerous to, to push it further. And I'm behind you on that. Yeah, there, there's reasons like why it's legitimate. And I would love to dive into those. I think at some point in maybe a longer episode about director's cuts. Like, yeah. There are legitimate defenses of this movie's existence. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of those defenses are wrapped up in things that have nothing to do with the sort of legitimacy. So yeah. I think that becomes the problem. Um, I will say, I don't know what your thoughts are. I I really hope that they are able to do something with some of what is in this movie. Like, I would love to see a cyborg movie, show, whatever. Like, give me a cyborg HBO Max show or something. Um, I still really like Ben Affleck as Batman. I do. I, I think he was a really great Bruce Wayne. I really enjoyed him. I think he's very different. I don't know. It works for me. I would, again, I would be totally down to see a show. His Batman was almost campy. Like it felt almost similar to like Adam West's. I would love to see a Batman and Robin show with him and like, like a very classic, like I, it works. He seems to enjoy it. And I think that works. Um, Yeah. There's things in it that I think would be cool to see fleshed out. But for the most part, I think DC, I I think that ship has kind of sailed. I think they, my big recommendation, Warner Brothers, my two cents from a person who doesn't know anything, is Marvel basically has exactly no hand in animation right now. They, they just don't. They have no touch point. Nobody knows the Marvel adult animation movies or shows. They're, they're pretty okay on Disney. Like, they got some big stuff there. But in general, they don't have a big dominance. And they will always dominate live market from now on. Except for TV, in which case, DCU, CW, great job. But I think if you really want to do something with it and if you really want to make a splash, hand yourselves over to Warner Brothers Animation and just make a feature film animated universe because it's going to be easier. It's going to fit your brand better. You're, you, it's very fantastical and very pantheonic and very weird. And I think you can play with that in animation in a way that you can't in live action. Uh, it also allows for a lot of creativity. So I, I, I think personally that's what they should do. And I don't think this movie has changed my mind in that regard. Mm. I think that's a great take. Also, the Justice League cartoon was so good. <laughs> and all, all the I mean. DC They're cartoons are so freaking good. So 
good. So and they funny. know that. Like, historically, like, yeah. phenomenal. So just go that route. You've proven yourself. Let's not let's not go crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Any closing thoughts on Snyder's Justice League? The Snyder Cut, as we're now Snyder Bros? <laughs> so we're now Snyder Bros. Which, that phrase has a very meaningful history, the creation of this podcast. <laughs> I hope that you remember. Um, yeah, that's all I got. You know, I'm, 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 I'm glad that it is now behind us. It felt like we had to talk about that at least once, or at least to me, I would have been like, yeah. yo, we got to do this. And I think you would have said the same. So, uh, and we definitely did actually text each other that. So I'm glad that we yep. have now checked that box. I'm legitimately excited. If you want to do a DC series, mini series, I'm down. I, I, my, my, of course, lead candidate, and maybe this is where I'll leave my today's thoughts is. There's another movie that DC produced that is incredibly messy and mostly terrible and that I have seen a plethora of times and I definitely own the extended version of. I love The Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that coming. movie. It works for me. The whole thing works. I like the weird music. I like the weird editing, the colors, the performances. It all, it's a mess. It's like a movie that you put in a bottle and you just swirled it around and said, whatever comes out, I'm happy with it. <laughs> and I like it. And I'm happy to talk about that movie uh, for extended periods of time because I love that chaotic little mess of a movie. It's like a gremlin and I, I adore that movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not good, but damn, is it enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Yep. That's that's our map. You know. Yep. Here's the thing. I was actually gonna say that. So I I, I don't like that movie, but I, I did think that it was. I watched it on a plane, and when I was on that plane, I had a grand old time. But then I I you know the yeah. plane landed, and I returned to Earth physically, spiritually, and mentally, like, oh, and was like, oh yeah. god, I can never watch that again. So I honestly compartmentalized it in that it felt like I watched it in an alternate universe, thirty thousand feet in the air, because I did. Uh, but I, I'm extremely enthusiastic to return to it, actually. Uh, and I think I might love it <laughs> this time around. I think I'm just ready I to mean, submit yeah, myself to the chaos. We should definitely, we should do it at least to get ready for James Gunn's Suicide Yes, it, with the, that with trailer the, the was shark man. so wild. King Shark. King Shark voiced by Sylvester Stallone, by the way. Excuse me? <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. Okay, we're definitely yeah, doing that. Has uh, a wild loyal listener, uh, the Suicide Squad uh, revisit is coming up uh, yep. sooner or later, but probably sooner. Um, I am now hyped for that. Uh, the, I, all I remember are the title cards, and it was a fun ride. Uh, they were fascinating we're, creative we're true, choices. True Snyder Bros. Now, yep. Well, this has been Are You Still Watching's episode on the Snyder Cut. Hopefully, I mean, as much as we enjoyed it. Uh, the last time that we'll probably talk about it, I hope. Um, it's fine. It doesn't need to be talked about more. But we've got a lot of stuff coming up on our in our queue. Like we just talked about, we might be doing a DC miniseries, specifically the just or not just like Christ, I already failed in my promise. Uh, the Suicide Squad in relation to the movie coming out, I believe this summer from James Gunn. Um, we also have the Oscar noms that came out. So I think we're going to have to do an Oscar episode here relatively soon. Yeah um because there's a lot of stuff that has come out there's i still want you to watch tom and jerry so we can do tom and jerry because that movie was so weird no i'm down uh, i mean there's all kinds of weird stuff that has sort of come out good stuff weird stuff big stuff moving in movies so we got a lot of stuff going down the pipeline so godzilla like versus said, the top, kong you can find <gasps> godzilla versus oh my god i forgot about that oh as soon as i get that second dose in my body 
Well, that's not true. As soon as I get that second dose in my body and then 14 days later, I am entering the theater. (laughs) I'm going to watch Godzilla vs. King Kong and I'm going to keep going back. I love that movie. Um, That'd be kind of fun. We can do the monster verse. That'd be a fun one too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot of stuff on the docket. And we can do the uh, Warner Brothers Dark Universe with the mummy starring The Dark Universe. Mm. The only entry in the Dark Universe. Well, you can find all of that uh, in any of our podcast streams, streams, feeds, uh, sources. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Channels, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like we said at the top, et cetera. Easiest place to find all that is our Patreon, patreon.com slash A-Y-S-W. Check us out. Send it to your friends if you want. We would love it. Um, let us know what you want to see. And let us know if you want to come guest star on our show. We had a, a guest episode for Into the Spider-Verse. Which was, oh, can this one be called Into the Snyderverse? <gasps> Episode title. Boom. <laughs> Sometimes I get them. Sometimes. Only I feel great about an that. an hour and a half. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we had a wonderful guest star for Into the Spider-Verse episode, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So if you have a movie that you're passionate about, message us on Twitter or Instagram or uh, leave a comment on a Patreon. I don't know if that's a thing you could do, I assume. Uh, and we'll get back to you. Thanks for listening, and uh, go enjoy a four-hour and two-minute movie, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.